Now, I poo-pooed this at first because walking at a treadmill desk, the intensity is so slow, it's so little that I thought it can't possibly do anything to get you in shape. But it turns out it has a big impact, and I'll explain why as we get into it. So I, I reached back to my earlier experience at the walking center, pulled that together to create this company called Unsit, which is about getting people up out of your chairs and just moving again. And it turns out we're having a big impact on improving people's health and wellness, their creativity and productivity. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. And I'm that other co-host, Michael Palmer. And boy, do we have an exciting episode planned for you today. Our guest today is the co-founder of Unsit. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Rob Jacobs. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Hey, hey, Nikki, Michael, thanks for having me on. Very excited to be, to be joining you guys. Love your program. Love what you guys do and uh, excited if I can make a contribution to you and your listeners. There ain't no if about it, my brother. You are going to make a contribution. We're putting you on the hot seat. Listen, we're really excited to have you here today. And the first question we'd like to lead off with, as you know, the name of the podcast is The Business of Thought Leadership. Our listener is very interested in knowing and understanding how you got to be Rob Jacobs. How did you position yourself so that you've become this expert, this authority, this thought leader in the walking for fitness movement? Tell us your backstory, man. Well, yeah, let, let me, uh, it just leads up to a backstory. I hadn't really thought it through much. It, it wasn't planned. I'm just trying to trying to help people get up out of their chairs and get moving. That's what Unsit's about. But my, my backstory, I don't want to date myself, but I guess I will. Started uh, mid-1980s, got into the fitness revolution back in the Chain Fonda aerobics era, was largely trying to go to aerobics classes and, and meet girls, frankly, but hey, uh, I was very successful there. But I also got in shape and I'd, I'd come out of college. I had uh, sort of put on a few pounds, as a lot of us do when you when you stop playing sports in school. And you know, found myself with a few extra inches around the waistline and was trying to find what's the best way I can trim that off. And I was taking these uh, high-intensity aerobic exercise classes. Um, and then, like a lot of us, you know, beat up my knees and ankles and so forth. And, uh, and, and as a result of being in these classes, I got interested in this whole fitness revolution. Went back to school, studied exercise physiology at UCLA, completed one of their first uh, fitness instructor certificate program there in the 80s. And then uh, was working at the Pritikin Longevity Center in Santa Monica, where they run a lifestyle program to help people uh, reverse uh, conditions of diabetes and heart disease and so forth. Notice they were using motorized treadmills as their exercise modality. And I noticed that the motorized treadmill had these unique aspects of it, which is that it makes you have to exercise. It makes you have to go as opposed to all other exercise machines and exercise apparatuses where you sit on an exercise bike or you stand on an elliptical trainer and you have to make the machine go. So there's a, a big psychological a barrier you have to overcome. You have to use a lot of willpower and mental desire to push that machine and make it go. But when you push a button on a treadmill, a motorized treadmill, for those of your listeners who've ever been on a treadmill in a gym or maybe they have one at home, the belt starts turning. You have to walk and keep up and you're just walking. You're doing a very natural movement that the body's meant to do. And, and the, 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 by virtue of the fact that the belt's turning, you have to keep going and you start exercising. So we, we use this very effectively for people who, who were deconditioned and had, had to be, their exercise intensity had to be monitored very closely. You could control the speed, the elevation of the treadmill, and achieve a very precise uh, exercise intensity. And that's why 
uh, cardiologists will use a motorized treadmill when they perform a stress test in a, uh, to find a, find somebody's heart condition. They can control the intensity very very precisely. But it also has this interesting aspect of making you go. So I got interested in that. I opened up a store called the Walking Center in Beverly Hills. And that was my foyer into walking. I noticed in the 80s that everybody was doing these high intensity exercises. But the baby boomers back then were turning 40 and people were having knee problems and back problems and uh, foot problems and so forth. So we had to slow the intensity down. And I also noticed that just by walking at a very moderate pace for long periods of time, you could, you could get great results in terms of weight loss. So my store was in Beverly Hills called The Walking Center. I uh, catered to uh, housewives who had nothing to do during the day. They'd come in and watch a movie on a videotape player back in those days. And during the course of walking, watching the movie, they'd walk four or five miles and they were losing weight, feeling great, getting in shape. They started buying the treadmills from me. I became a distributor of major brands of motorized treadmills. And, and, and that was The Walking Center. When it went through a few other business entrepreneurial efforts between then and now. Um, but I, I became aware of these treadmill desks popping up. Oh, it was almost uh, eight, seven, eight years ago now. Dr. James Levine wrote a book called Get Up. And Get Up is all about, it has, is, is chock full of all these studies and research that shows how sitting in a chair all day long, which most of us do too much of, uh, has these ill health effects. And even going to the gym and doing a hard workout after sitting all day doesn't really overcome the ill health effects of having been sitting all day. Now, I poo-pooed this at first because walking at a treadmill desk the intensity is so slow, it's so little, that I thought it can't possibly do anything to get you in shape. But it turns out it has a big impact, and I'll explain why as we get into it. So I, I reached back to my earlier experience at the walking center, pulled that together to create this company called Unsit, which is about getting people up out of your chairs and just moving again. And it turns out we're having a big impact on improving people's health and wellness, their creativity and productivity. Uh, so that's the backstory. Give me, give me some guidance here as to where we should go next. No, not a problem, man. That's what we do here at this podcast, my friend. So that's a fascinating story. What I want to just really have you hone in on is what did you do specifically to establish yourself as an authority in this space? Because your messaging is pretty niche. You want people off their duff. You want them walking. You want them moving. How did you become known as the go-to guy about this message and this topic? Well, on, on this new startup here that we, we've been at this uh, for not even a year yet, really, we, we, we've been tinkering with the product for a couple of years, getting that refined. But, but we just got our product uh, off the water and out into the marketplace uh, just before the new year, really. And so what we've been doing is we first called upon our, our backgrounds. My partner's also been a was a uh, was the president of the company called Precor up in Seattle, developed, uh, marketed and designed to build uh, commercial and home exercise equipment. And so my partner Paul's background is very extensive in exercise and fitness equipment, mine in, in more of the application of equipment and the uh, retail. And so we, we, we drew on our past experiences and we've uh, developed what we think is a terrific product. And we've really centered around the product and then the brand. We spent much of our time before we got to market developing a, uh, a very clear and aspirational brand ID so talk uh, our, about our, that. Our, That's what we're really interested in. How is it that you established that positioning for yourself and associated yourself with that? Well, we, we, we brought in some outside professionals, for, for, for first thing we did. And we, we spent we spent a, a number of hours around a conference table, standing a lot of the time, but also sitting, I'll confess. Um, starting with just adjectives and nouns and developing what, what do we want to communicate with our brand? What do we want to say with it? So we, we, we used the experience of some professionals who had developed brands and identification before to really draw out what we're after in this thing. And then when, once we had honed in on what that, that mission was, we want to get people up out of their chairs and moving again. That is our mission. Then we, we came up with Unsit as the brand name. 
And then we brought in some artists to create the logo and the and, the, and some art directors to create the look. And once we had that, uh, we were able to, you know, we, we attached ourselves to that. That is our story. And that's what we want to achieve. And we're, you know, we're, we're very committed to it. So, so it's, it, it, from a business point of view, we did bring in outside professionals who, who develop brands. Um, and then we've been very diligent about always staying to to make sure we're on brand with our messaging, um, with, with our visual appearance. When we're, you know, if you look at our website or anything we print or anything we take to market, we're always making sure that we're consistent with and uh, focused on you know, that, that, that brand image and that, that brand identity. Well, I, I, like what, I like what you've done, and I like the fact that you really paid attention to creating that brand and bringing outside help in to do that is one of the things we talk about is that if you're trying to do all of this stuff yourself, it's like being inside a bottle not being able to read the label. I mean, you know so much about the product. You, it's hard to see what's the real message here. What's the thing that the our, our, your customers are going to say, yeah, that's why I want to belong or be a part of whatever it is that you're doing. And, and I have to say, I, I love your logo. At first, I looked at it, and I'm like, well, it's like an on-off switch. And then I, I get it. It's unzip. Just hit the button. And, well, well that, and that's exactly what we were going for. We, we spent a lot of time on that, and we went around and around about, is it the right idea? But yeah, you, you got it. That's uh, exactly what we wanted to say to people, is it's time to switch. And we, our first product, we were going to call the Switch Desk. We haven't actually marketed that name yet. But the idea is we want to switch your way of working from sitting to standing. It's time to hit the switch and get up and move. That was what the, and, and, and that, they, that, that logo is supposed to inspire. And I think it, yeah, I'm pleased that it did with you, uh, Michael and Nikki's that it inspires you to reach out, hit the switch and move and do something, take action. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's what people need to start doing. Hey, well, one more note I wanted to add and, and to fill out your question, which is, you know, how do I, how do we identify ourselves with the brand and get ours out there? We, we did a ton of research before we got into this, and, and we keep piling up it on the newsroom section of our unsit.com uh, webpage, there's a lot of research about the uh, efficacy of what we're doing. So we're not just given a sales pitch here. There are many scientific studies that have been published in peer-reviewed journals that show the, the positive effects of working while standing, working while walking, getting out and taking short walking breaks, um, not, not just the mechanisms for you know, how walking and movement increases productivity, creativity, health benefits, but also there's some good correlative studies too that show that large, you know, large numbers of people are you know, more active, they're going to be more healthy, more fit, more creative, more productive. So we, we, we keep adding these to the newsroom section of our webpage. Um, at the same time, trying to keep it light and fun. You know, people don't want to be hit, hit over the head with a message that they've got to get in shape. You know, I've been in the health and fitness business my whole life, and I know that that doesn't work well. People aren't motivated when somebody's wagging a finger at them. So we try to keep it fun, light, motivating, but at the same time, you know, root it in real research and real evidence. Beautiful. And it was one of the things I actually appreciated about your website is that you've brought in the statistics, the numbers, the, the, the left brain component to your message that often people are either one side or the other, you've got a nice balance of both. And that I think is what creates a real solid message and builds the credibility and, and leads to people making a decision to choose you is because you've done that. It's not just you saying, Hey, this is a great idea. Stand up and walk at your desk. This is something that's been proven. And the more we're talking, the more I love what you're saying. It's turn on your productivity, turn on your health. And it's just, you know, the first thing I got when I went to your website is that you literally just turn it on and you're going and, and all of a sudden it's like increase in, in uh, your productivity, increase in your brilliance, your genius. That's, I love it. 
Great, great, great. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys are pleased. Uh, let, let, let's get you in treadmill desk. You do your next podcast when you're walking. <laughs> yeah, we got a ways to go here. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. You know what? It's uh, it, it, it's a great concept. I frankly think there's a massive market for you in this whole world of thought leaders and experts because a lot of the time folks are sitting when they do stuff. And uh, what your message, I think, is so powerful and so transcendent that you can get people to see why it's it, to their benefit to do this. It's an aspirational message, and it's a simple message. Anybody can do this. It, 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 you don't need to be a muscle head. You know what I mean? Anybody can walk. Anybody can move. Yep, yep. No, you, you got it. And that, that's what we want to say to people. You don't have to be some sort of a superhero or some sort of a muscle man just to get up out of your chair and start moving again. And it will have a big, it'll have a positive impact in your life in a variety of ways. Um, you, you'll feel better, look better. You know, your, your mental outlook is, is more positive. But what's the value of coming up with one good creative idea? You know, if somebody just came with one new idea while they were walking as opposed to sitting, you know, what might that idea might be worth? You know, we don't know, but it could be enormous. So if you're able to get up out of your chair and walk, then you should do it and, and you can do our program. I love it. And, you know, the fact of the matter is and a lot of our listeners are a part of the knowledge economy. It is what's inside your mind that is valuable and what people want to consume and, and your greatest asset. So your position is that you're going to access your brilliance more often. And, and uh, maybe you can speak to a few of the taglines that come up on your website. I love the one that you discovered, and I, I don't want to butcher it, but you discovered that creativity runs at 1.5 kilometers or miles per hour. Sorry, we're Canadian, so I use the kilometers. But can you talk about those? Those are, I really like them. They're simple. They're, they're very on message. This this access to someone's intelligence or brilliance, it's remarkable. Yeah, well, by the way, that's 2.2 kilometers per hour if you want to do the conversion. Nice. But, uh, Thank you. Nice, <laughs> Rob. But but yeah, we, we again we worked with we worked with a copywriter that my partner Paul brought in up in Seattle to, to help take our brand ID and develop the, those those simple messages. You know, we we trademarked the the tagline "Great Minds Move," and we also had before that we had the iteration "Great Minds Walk." Uh, but we we wanted to make it beyond walking. We wanted to take into the account that people treadmill desks are just one of a, of a of a plethora of products that we want to come out with as we grow the company. So we didn't want to limit ourselves to just walking. So we 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 added we made it moving. So great minds move in any form. You might be there's people doing bike desks. There's people doing a yoga at, at, in their in the office. So any form of getting up out of your chair and moving uh, is what we're trying to get people to do. We just started the company with the walking desk and the treadmill desk. That was the first one. So great minds move. And, we, you know, again, we, we, we took our goals and our mission and we, we worked with some creative copy people to, to come up with that one. Um, that was also based on a study done at Stanford University, that line that you pulled off the, the website there, uh, the speed of creativity is 1.5 miles an hour. So there was a study done at Stanford University, got a lot of publicity. You still see it quoted in the, in the lay press. And it was written about in Dr. Levine's book, Get Up. Um, but what they did up at Stanford, I think it was in 2015 or 2014, they published it in 2015. They took a group of 60 people and they split them up into three groups, 20, 20, and 20. And they had group A was sitting, group B was walking at a treadmill facing a white wall, group C was walking outdoors around the campus of Stanford up in Palo Alto with a, with a stimulating, beautiful outdoor environment. And they were trying to measure 
did creativity improve? Now, the first thing they had to do was how do you measure creativity? Well, they use these uh, creative problem-solving puzzles and tests that are, that are a common standard for measuring the ability to, to creatively solve a problem. So these were puzzles that, created, that, that, that required some creative, act, creative mental activity to solve. Group A that was sitting, group B walking on the treadmill facing white wall, group C outdoors. So the difference between the two walking groups and the sitting groups was 60%. The people walking performed 60% better on these mental creative problem-solving tests, 60% better than the sitting group. But there was no difference whether they were walking on a treadmill facing a white wall or they were walking outdoors on the campus of, uh, of Stanford up in Palo Alto. There was no difference there. The mechanics of just being on your feet moving causes something to happen. There's a, a relationship between the bottom of your feet all the way up to your legs and having to move your body and your mind and how it works. And if you look at that from an evolutionary biology point of view, it makes a lot of sense. You know, humans roaming around the plains of Africa, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, where when they were up on their feet, hey, there could be a threat. There could be a saber-toothed tiger about to pounce on them and eat them, though they might be eaten, or there could be an opportunity. There may be some food out there. So we have to seize opportunities and avoid threats. And your mind has to work to solve these problems. So being up on your feet is really how humans have always solved problems. And you bring that fast forward to the modern day, think of the great walks in history where problems have been solved. You know, Steve Jobs was famous for taking his engineers and his, his co-workers out on walks around the neighborhood to work through and solve problems. How many times have you been stuck on something? You just say, hey, let's just get up and go for a walk. And then the solution comes to you. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent raising teenage kids and you're, you're struggling with problems of adolescence and so forth. And you take the kids out for a walk in the neighborhood and the solutions and the problems tend to, tend to come out of that walk. And there's, there's a good reason for it. Reagan and Gorbachev, you know, who worked out the, uh, you know, the end of the Cold War while walking around Rekovich, Iceland, you know, famous walks in history. So this all, you know, we have historical references to this and examples of it. And then there's, there's real physiological evidence. One of the pictures I put up on the newsroom section of the website is an MRI of, of a human brain, of a person sitting, and then same person after 20 minutes of walking. And you see the whole areas of the brain light up in, in, in orange and red. They're hot and they're active are the areas around creativity and, and, and emotional well-being is all lit up after 20 minutes of walking, but they're cold and blue in that picture uh, while sitting. So, so there's evidence of this mechanically and how the mechanisms, and there's also correlative evidence of it. Uh, being the case. And then we have all go out for a walk and experience it. You know? How many times have you been stuck all day at your desk working? You get up, go for a walk, you just feel better, you come up with some new ideas. I think most of your listeners have experienced that. Uh, I've experienced, experienced it many times where I'm out for a run or I'm on the, the bike or uh, treadmill, something along those. I have a great idea, almost an epiphany. And it's, you know, then it's gone because I'm not at my desk, right? So I love the concept. And I, I mean, I, I actually want to try one. Uh, that's my, in terms of me as a buyer, I'm like, I want to try it. I want to see what it's like. I can't, I've never done stand-up desk. I've never done a walking stand-up desk. So I'm really interested in that. But I want to take it a little bit of an aside because what you're doing right now is just from our perspective in the business of thought leadership, it's hitting a tic-tac-toe. We're having a tic-tac-toe moment. You're bringing up Stanford University, some great studies, some very applicable studies, but you're not just blurting the studies out. You're telling a great story about those studies that support your product. You know, there's businesses out there, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants that don't do a great job of this in terms of telling a story and supporting with facts and figures. You've also referenced 
people like Steve Jobs and stories about the listener that they can relate to. It's you're you're weaving a wonderful story and message that brings people in from a, a whole bunch of different psychological levels. So I think Rob, you you are just one of the textbook examples of doing a fantastic launch of a brand of a product, a product that has some incredible value, but as well bringing thought leadership to actually using that to support and sell and build your company. Yeah, no, no, thanks, Michael. And you know, we we did make a, a, co- a conscious effort to do that because the, the competitors, when we looked at the landscape and got into this, there was already a couple of good treadmill desks on the market when we started doing this. Um, the first thing we did is we redesigned the product altogether. So we, uh, you know, I can do another five ten minutes on our product and what distinguishes it. But but we didn't want to just go out there and pitch why our product is better. Those are sort of obvious. We have them posted on the website. We have you know ours versus theirs. You know. It's all up there for, for, you know, shoppers and, you know, consumers to look at if they're evaluating, you know, why our product is better, why it costs more. But we wanted to position it from a branding and marketing point of view. We wanted to stake out this area of, 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 of creativity and mental acuity and productivity because the competition is not doing that. We noticed that our competitors are doing the traditional fitness pitch, which we've known for 20, 30 years. We've been in this and it's there's everybody's in that. They're pitching weight loss and fitness and health, which is all good. That's something that we offer as well. But nobody staked out this area around creativity and productivity. So we made a, a, a strategic point of carving that out as that's the space we want to own. That's the mind space we want to be able to occupy. When somebody thinks of our brand, they think of creativity, productivity, uh, you know, mental well-being. The, the whole mental side of this is where we want to where we want to go, what we want our brand to be known for. And we noticed that nobody else had done it. Uh, nobody else is doing it. We, 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 our goal is to own that space. Um, our product, of course, still offers the health benefits, but we look at that as sort of a side, a side effect of uh, doing what we do. That's brilliant, man. That's totally brilliant. You know what? One of the key things about being a thought leader, being an authority, is that you're really known for something, right? Uh, they say that an expert is someone who knows something, while an authority, a thought leader, is someone who's known for knowing something. And that's what you're going for by differentiating yourself from your competitors in this space. We like to end off each of our uh, podcast episodes, Rob, with uh, a very powerful question. And the question is, is this, what are the three expert action steps that you would recommend our listener as an aspiring thought leader or a thought leader take on and implement in their life, in their business, so that they can take their life and business to the next level? Well, I would say number one is know your brand and and clearly delineate and distinguish your brand. Know your market. You know, who are your customers? You know, really knowing and understanding that market. And then you know, do you have, you really have a solution to their problem. So I would say it's those things. It's brand, it's market and solution. Man, I love it. Those are fantastic. Hey, just want to let you know, I just clicked back on, on that note. I clicked, clicked past the thousand step mark. So I did over a thousand steps during this uh, podcast interview with you. I we'll love it. To, uh, That's fantastic. It, Beautiful. This is, this is, this Nikki, is, we have a, a, a business of thought leadership first and, and for, for Rob's, uh, side of things. We hope it's not the last. In fact, we're going to have a whole bunch of guests on our show <laughs> that are going to be uh, at their walking desk using unsit. They're going to start unsitting. But you're, you're the first 
guest that's actually been walking and doing the interview. And, and it's blow, blown me away because we can't tell at all that you're up there walking. Well, well again, it's, it's not a workout. You're not huffing and puffing. You should not be breaking a sweat. I, I clicked it. Let me just give you all the totals for your listeners. I clicked past a thousand steps just now. I've uh, covered over a mile, which is about 2.2 kilometers, I believe, um, but burned over uh, 110 calories. And uh, we've been we've been walking for about half an hour here. Well, a mile is about 1.6 kilometers, but uh, well, close oh, enough. Okay, I'm a mile sorry. and a half I, I is 2.2. can't do that. Got arithmetic very well. So. No, it's all good. So listen, <laughs> why don't you um, tell us a little bit about the product and how people can get it if they're interested in it and all that good stuff? Yeah, well, we've got, we're right now A-B testing a couple of different landing pages on our website, but go to uh, unsit.com, U-N-S-I-T, unsit.com. We, we got everything up there. The product, what we did, uh, guys, Michael, Nikki's, we we took the traditional treadmill and we noticed that the other treadmill desks on the market that are already out there, they just took a regular fitness treadmill and basically stuck it under a desk. They did a couple of things to kind of make it, clean it up, make it a little better for an office environment. It was just a fitness treadmill under a desk. The first thing we noticed is it's way too long. When you're in your office, you don't want all that extra space taken up by a treadmill sticking out back there behind your desk. People are tripping over it. It's in the way. And it doesn't need to be that long because you're walking so slowly. Your stride length is very short. So we chopped the treadmill off, made it half the length of a typical treadmill. Then we noticed it needs to be wider because if you've got a computer on one side of your desk, a telephone on the other, some paperwork in the middle maybe, you need to be able to walk laterally left and right to be able to use all the things that are out on your desk. Half as long, twice as wide. And then we engineered it to go very slow. We made the peak electrical efficiency at a very slow speed. So the motor is extremely quiet. You can't even hear this thing turning at slow speeds. And it's very smooth at slow speeds. And then one more thing we did, guys, is we made it automatically stop when you step off. Because in an office environment, you're frequently going to the water cooler, to the printer, to the scanner. You're going to the bathroom. And the last thing you want in an office environment is a, a, a moving belt that somebody may inadvertently step on and, and take a fall. So our treadmill has sensors uh, in the deck that know if the user's there. If the user steps away, it automatically stops and uh, it resumes when you step back on with, with a simple tap of a button. We got rid of the typical fitness uh, you know, treadmill controller. We made a very sleek and discreet, uh, handsome-looking controller. You can see pictures of it on our website, unsit.com. Well, I've seen it. I'm sitting here looking at it right now, and I, I'm just saying, wow, it's, it looks so so small and so perfectly that would fit right at my desk. I'm, I, you've got me, I'm salivating. My wife's going to be like, hey, what the hell did you just buy? But I'm, I'm loving it. I want to try it. And uh, it's fantastic to, to have been introduced to it by you. So since you're bringing your product to the program, is there any kind of special offer you'd like to offer to our listener? Hint, hint. You know, I don't have it in place, but why don't we do it? Let's come up with a promo code that your listeners can key in, and we'll we'll give them. A, we, we can throw in some free freight, and I can I, I can I, I'll, I'll work out with something something uh, off the side here, some kind of a program for your listeners. So, sure. Uh, so so tbotl one five can be the promo code. That's the business of thought leadership. tbotl one five one five will be the promo code. So what's the offer going to be? We will ship it to you at our at our expense. And uh, if, if, if somebody places an order before the end of March, we'll give them another 50 bucks off the price. I love it. That's Beautiful. fantastic. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll take it. Thank you so much for that generous offer. We'll put it in the show notes. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. We're very excited to have you on. Uh, this has been an excellent broadcast of the business of thought leadership. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Our pleasure, man. 
That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. To get all of the show notes and links to our guest, please go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com where you will find all of those as well. Sign up for our newsletter. Get notified of all of the upcoming podcast episodes every single week. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. 